This is Lost in the Maze, number seven, the solo show, Lost in the Maze, only on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching! Bing, 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 fill her up. Yeah, this is the solo show I do for the for the Billionaire Podcast Network. This is the seventh one, and I'm enjoying the feedback I'm getting on these. Uh, some people seem to actually like, really like these. I've gotten a lot of... Uh, positive comments people reached out left some comments on the youtube channel saying that uh that these the solo shows are fun and that it's a uh, rare and unique talent to be able to for for one to be able to talk by oneself for an hour plus and be interesting and i'm amazed that anyone is watching or listening to this because it feels psychotic and it is the origins of this are me spending a lot of time alone in the state of psychosis uh talking to myself in different psych wards so I've, i've just gotten used to having conversations with myself and i figure why not record them and see if i can make a little money doing it um however that works you know I, the youtube page isn't like there yet where i can monetize i don't think you can like start monetizing a youtube page until you get to a thousand subscribers so everybody please subscribe re- spread the word i'm alive i'm doing i'm doing cool good podcasts over on the uh youtube page youtube.com slash at corn fed with dalton pruitt and, and more importantly patreon.com slash cornfed with dalton pruitt that's where all the premium episodes are for the uh the regular the corn fed show plus some other stuff i might even do premium solo shows on there i might do a little hour hour here do another hour put that bitch on the patreon baby um see if i can really flex my broadcasting muscles i also picked up a lot from um you know i i grew up in like a uh kind of a conservative household like um you know republican i whatever you want to call it so there was like i spent a lot of time as a kid like going on long car rides with my parents or even just in the house and they would have am radio playing like not am like in the morning am frequency you know back when people still listen to am radio and fm radio on the am frequency was where all the um like conservative talk guys were and 
regardless of what you think about these guys or their politics or what, you know, whatever it was, it was always like, we were always listening to guys. It was like guys like Rush Limbaugh, Michael Savage, Bill O'Reilly, um, Dr. Laura, Dave Ramsey. Uh, if it was really late, my favorite, the go art bell, you know, from the great, from the great American South, from the high desert in the great American Southwest, this is coast to coast with art bell. Um, and so I spent like countless hours listening to just like AM talk radio and like these, like those shows were always just some like alcoholic red faced like conservative guy screaming into a microphone for hours and hours about commie pinkos ruining the country and how you know, even back then, they were like, they want to raise the minimum wage. They, they just raised it to seven twenty-five an hour, and, and so you know, they're still having, they're still screaming about that same, that same conversation. Still having, they're still having it now about how, um, you know, even even since then, the the federal minimum wage hasn't increased, uh, and they, you know, they're still upset about it. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think that comes from like. I don't even think that anyone at that level, like, I, I don't think people who have money or have succeeded uh, want other people to not succeed for any sort of, like, monetary reason. Like, I, I don't think anyone truly believes that if we, if we like, canceled student loans or made anyone's lives easier, that it, it would, like, dig into their pocketbook in any real way. I think it's just that people in general like humans in general love suffering they love the idea of people suffering and, and are obsessed with like we have this um <clears throat> like attachment to suffering like the the to, to the point where like people even even the people who would benefit from like social programs like any sort of like fe like government aid they don't even want it like they they vote against their own best interests uh, along with the the people in the higher tax brackets who who are also voting against the interest of of like lower income people uh because i think everybody just wants there to be some amount of suffering you know i i think people are just attached to this idea that humans are meant to struggle and scrape and survive and, and in the, the reality is, is like a lot of the scarcity that we experience is probably like artificial. Like there's there's probably enough resources and just like everything in place that life for most of you, at least in this country, like life for most of us could probably be like pretty com easy and comfortable. But, you know, wh why? who wants that? No, we're meant to be absolutely fucking miserable and get addicted to oxycotton and, and and really you know struggle and suffer and then die and not and be you know not be able to, in a place where we can even leave our families anything where even the sweet release of death is a continued burden on one's own family that's that like ain't that america like that's the america we all vote like we all vote for that's what we want it is just total abject suffering because i don't think like you know if 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 you're like a multi-millionaire extremely wealthy guy and like i don't think that if, if there was any sort of government assistance 
like government assistance programs put in place to help lower income people across the board, whether it's like student loans or free food or what whatever. Like I I don't think it would like hurt your bottom line too much. I think what people want more than anything is for people to just continue struggling and suffering because that's that's just what we are. Uh, you know, we we as a people we kind of thrive on seeing other people suffer it and um and there's definitely especially like if you if you've suffered yourself and gotten yourself out of it um some people come out of that with and enter into like a, a place of empathy where they look at others and go I don't ever want anyone to have to deal with what I went through like I'm more than willing to help out and I hope that people can get the help they need. And then there's other people who work their asses off and succeed and then say, I'll be fucking goddamned if it, if anyone gets a goddamn handout. I want people to really fucking bleed the way I did. And that's, that's, and that's the overall mindset for everything is, is everybody wants to see blood. And I think it, it just goes to that thing where there there is like, there's a hierarchy for humanity where we always need someone to look down on to make us feel better about ourselves at every level so you know if you're a millionaire you get to look down on the middle class if you're middle class you get to look down the lower class if you're lower class you get to look down on the homeless and then if you know if you're homeless that that's like a whole other realm where like you know that's a whole other civilization of people where it's, it's it's like you know if you're homeless and you're in you get to go to a state hospital for a few weeks you get to you know laugh and wag your finger at the people who are still on the streets um or if you know if if you get it's 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 a you know it's a whole and then and then that's everybody here in this country and then we always have the people overseas we can look to and say, oh, well, I mean, fuck, dude, you know, it sucks for being here, but I mean, look at what's going on over in, uh, you know, Syria and Palestine and all that. So there's there's always, like, someone to look at who is suffering more than you are that can make you feel better about your lot in life. And, and so the idea of, like, the government helping in any way to, to pull people out of these situations would, you know, you know, ease the suffering of, of a lot of people and pull us out of that, that sort of, uh, you know, that hierarchy, you know, where everybody's looking down at one another, it, it would, it would level the playing field too much. And so I think that's why, I think that's where that attitude comes from most of the time when people talk about how they don't want minimum wage increases, or they don't want a 32 hour work week, you know, people working 32 hours be getting paid the same as the 40 hour work, like all that, anything that would make anyone's life better. Nobody wants that <clears throat> because, uh, you know, we just, we just want to see other people, uh, struggle and bleed. Um, and you know, I, and it's this very like Puritan biblical attitude, like why the fuck should anyone's life be easy? And, you know, I don't have an answer. Why isn't life easy, right? Like so much, so much of like the scarcity we experience is like completely made up. It's it's bought. It's like just everything being bottlenecked by the people in charge, like corporation. I don't know. Maybe I'm not qualified to talk about all this. Like I have no fucking clue. 
what I'm talking about when I talk about most things, but it just seems like a lot of what we would say is like scarcity is just this artificial thing so that we can keep the like these class structures in place uh so that for for what so we can hold on to like whatever this like weird feudal system is that we we've had forever um and you know who knows who knows what the future holds but uh how do i get off on all that oh yeah conservative talk radio yeah i mean yeah so people you know the response to this these solo shows have been good and that now i'm in my own head about it because like oh so people are enjoying this now so now i'm worried about how am i gonna fuck this up for the people who like it uh you know what am i you know now i'm now i can feel the eyes on me i can feel that people are paying attention to this and now i'm worried now i'm worried about what i'm doing you know it's that thing where it's like um once you're once you're like made aware of being watched you change your behavior it's sort of like uh i guess it's like <clears throat> atoms you know like quantum physics like uh the, the the act of observing something changes its behavior so now that i know that these solo shows are being observed by people and liked and commented on now my behavior changes along with that and, and that's um you know that's quantum physics you know that's what they say you know they just the, the mere act of observation changes the uh what is being observed at a subatomic level and uh, you know that that's why they you know that's why they say a, a watched pot never boils right just if you're watching the pot watching looking at the water in the pot means it'll never boil uh because the act of observing it is changing its behavior um that's probably not true i think if you set a burner on and put a pot of water on it even if you're watching it it'll it'll probably boil at some point it's just you from your perspective it's taking longer because you're like waiting for you you're just focused on the pot of water waiting for it to boil so it seems like it's taking forever whereas if you i think if you just put a pot of water down and walked away and did something else you you know you wouldn't even think about it and then it's not until you start uh, not until you hear this of the water overflowing that you go oh shit i forgot the pot i forgot i had the pot on and then you, you run over there and turn the burner down so that yeah so that's physics and then that you know that kind of bears the question begs the question that it, when we say that the act of observing something changes its behavior is the behavior of the thing being observed actually changing or is it or is our perspective changing you know what i mean like from our from our perspective like the act of observing a thing or a person or whatever uh we notice that there's some sort of change happening but is is that actually re in reality is there a change happening or is that just the way we're perceiving it in our minds so is reality <clears throat> itself subjective to the person observing it i guess is like the big question there um you know like if, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it does it make a sound i i guess is the the whole point of that um you know because yeah i mean what is what you know what is reality when you think about it it's it's 
we're we're all <clears throat> observing the world happen around us and, and thinking about it and, and you know making our own forming our own opinions on things and sharing them with each other and communicating but <clears throat> like reality as we know it is is just based on each of our own observations and thoughts and the way we communicate those things with each other but if we were not capable of actually communicating with each other in any way if it was if reality itself was subjective to each individual observer and there was no method by which we could communicate what we were experiencing with one another uh what, what would reality be at that point there wouldn't be like a, a shared experience that we could all like you know um does this make this is not i i don't know if this makes sense what i'm saying this is i'm getting too i'm getting too lost in the maze on this one yeah i know i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> Maybe I'm getting I'm getting too too damn philosophical on this one. I've been reading too much uh too much philosophy and, and uh all the all this, these theories on language. You ever you ever study that? You ever study like you ever think about language? Like how like language itself is how we sort of like manipulate reality and um like make sense of it, you know, like just I, fuck it's it's this is so hard to even try and like so, like bring into words but like the, the idea that like language and communication is how we we take like what we observe as reality and then that all is like, uh, happening in here and then we try to put it into words to communicate it with each other but then it's it's sort of it's like a it, there's like a trans there's like a something gets lost in translation between like what's being observed and then what's happening in your brain and then what's like being uh communicated it, it like what's actually being communicated it is an approximation of what was observed and the uh, what was observed is an approximation of the real thing so you have like the real thing that just exists as it is and then you have the observer, and so then it goes, like, I observe it, it, goes into my brain, and then I think about it, and then I try to communicate this thing to other people, and so by the time I try to, like, communicate it, it's gone through, like, all these different levels of, like, it's getting filtered down into, like, whatever words I can try and sum it up as, and, and that's all, like, something always gets lost there. And, and I guess that's uh, that's language. I guess I you know I don't know. <clears throat> I've tried I've tried reading about this, and I'm not smart enough to really make sense of it all. Um, I think this was that was like Noam Chomsky's like first. That was like his original thing was like linguistics before he became a uh, like a geopolitical thought leader. Was he he had this um, some sort of like philosophical treatise called. Um, syntactic structures where he tries to like do the uh like calculus of language itself and like break down how like what language is and how it works and how like how like how you're supposed to utilize words and grammar and everything to 
like use language effectively dude, i tried reading it and i was i was like damn dude this dude like turned words into math and math and words i don't fuck, i'm too stupid to fucking understand like that's the thing is i like always wanted to be smart like i've always tried to be smart in some way like I'll, I'll read books or try and like read up on stuff that i don't know about to see if i can learn stuff and get smarter and more knowledgeable and, and you know i think like i gotta make peace with the fact that i'm just i'm a i'm a fucking moron like i don't i don't know how to do anything i don't know how anything works and i'm not like i'm not good at anything like not even like uh you know the the things that i i've like worked hard to even be good at like i i wouldn't say i'm like a particularly good writer or uh funny man or anything like i'm just like honestly just doing my best to keep my head above water most of the time so i just just feel like i'm really stupid and not like fit to really do anything in this world but you know maybe i'm being too hard on myself maybe i'm more more smarter and entertaining than i i give myself credit for i mean I, i don't know I've just made I've just made so many fucking mistakes. Like I've done the dumbest shit possible and and like completely like fucked up my life and ruined the lives of my loved ones due to my own stupidity and, and unhinged mental illness that I just spend like every day now just wondering like how well, I mean, how do you dig yourself out of this hole? And and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe it's podcasting. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Maybe it's uh, f- figuring out some sort of grift or something. Like I, you know, I I think most people don't even realize like what what anyone's capable of doing with the internet now. Like the the, the whole digital space is you know kind of where everything's headed. And so the, the you know there's a lot of opportunities here in the uh, the digital world, which is kind of where I the only place I exist right now. I'm just like right now. I'm just like a um, a phantom on the internet like I don't you know no one knows where I am no one knows like if if I'm alive or doing well or like what's going on with me I'm just I just exist as as this sort of digital phantom like a uh, max headroom type of guy and then you know hopefully you know uh, I, I guess as I as I continue to do this and things get better I, I can pull myself out of out of the cyber the cyberspace and back into the real world but for now i'm i'm just a, a go- the ghost in the machine as it were um and and you know it's fun it's it's like uh it's feels like i'm immortal in a way like i just uh keep uploading things to the internet and you know no matter what happens to me in my life these uh you know, whatever these are these podcasts and all this stuff i'm doing will just exist forever and I, I've effectively achieved immortality, which I <clears throat> like I thinking about Im- like immortality and all that, like people for years now, people have been talking about like, um, like, di- like rich people or whomever, like uploading their consciousness to the cloud. Like that's been a topic of conversation for a long time is like this idea of mapping out your brain and who you are as a person and then uploading that to the internet 
or some server somewhere as like a means to effectively become immortal but what what does that mean because it's it's like if 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 i mapped out my brain and, and had it down to every last atom and who i am as a person now in this moment and then uploaded that to the cloud it wouldn't like would i would this version of me still exist and then there's like another me in the cloud that is me and it so that the thing in the cloud thinks it's me and it has all me and my memories up to being uploaded into the cloud so it's not it's not like it's not like i've transferred myself into this other thing i've made a copy of myself that now exists in the internet that is like at that point it's its own entity right so it's it's not like i've taken like whatever's going on now and transferred it i've just like made a copy of myself that then goes on to have like new and different experiences as like a a a digital version of like who i am and so like that's not really being that's not like immortality that's just like creating a like a program or something like does that does that make sense like i don't like I don't I never understood like what that meant when they would talk about like you know you could upload yourself into the cloud where it's like well it sounds like what you're describing just sounds like a really complicated program that you're creating that is is a, is a program that thinks it's you that will then go on to be, like have new like create new memories and experiences and live a different life as like a digital entity and then the you that exists here in the flesh will still exist as this thing. And so then there, there'll be like a divergence where like whatever the digital version is, is just, is just like a completely different thing at that point. Like, I don't, I don't know what that, like, I, I don't know how that's like achieving immortality. That's just like cr- creating a computer program, like a, like a really complicated one, but that's not, <clears throat> is that fuck I'm, I'm out of my element here like i don't know i don't know enough about the brain or computers but does that make sense to anyone like did you ever watch that um that british sci-fi show red dwarf it's this cool like british sci-fi comedy about a uh it's like a guy who who's like a repairman on a on a spaceship like in the 23rd 24th century and um he gets put into stasis because he smuggled a cat on board the ship without them knowing so while he's in stasis there's a radiation leak on the ship the ship is called the red dwarf and so there's this radiation leak that kills uh everybody on the ship but he's in stasis and so like millions of years later he gets pulled out of stasis and everybody on the ship is dead um and the only other living organism on the ship is the the cat he had smuggled on board uh just through millions of years of evolution and inbreeding or whatever there's like now a humanoid cat called cat played by a cool black guy and and then the ship's ai this program called holly is able to bring back the um 
sort of like the consciousness of one of the dead crew members as a hologram. So it brings back the uh, the main character's boss, the, uh, this character called Rimmer, as a hologram. So the actual guy is still dead, but he the hologram now exists as this, um, like this hologram, this like hologram computer program that has all the memories and personality and everything as the actual guy, but it's it's a hologram. It's it's still like ones and zeros, you know. Um, and so there's always like as, as the show goes on, there's all these like existential questions about like what is you know what does it mean to to be this like hologram thing that he is and is is he is he alive is he dead is does he exist does he actually think for himself or is it just a computer program uh thinking for you know all that kind of stuff and uh <clears throat> that's that's what the the whole getting uploaded to the cloud makes me think makes me think of a, a sci-fi comedy show from, from the UK <laughs> um yeah I, you know no, nobody even knows what you know no, but nobody even knows what consciousness is still that's what gets me is everybody's having all these conversations about AI and consciousness and uh, you know uploading to immortality and blah 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 and it's like we don't even know what's going on in our minds like what's going on in our brains so when people talk about AI and Skynet and emerging consciousness it's like well we don't even we can't even define like what makes like what it is that makes us conscious like what what's going on in our brains so like what you know like whatever's going on with ai and all that if, if at any point like some computer program starts showing signs of like what we think is consciousness it, it's it's like yeah, I mean, I guess you could call that artificial intelligence, but like, what makes what makes it artificial when we don't even know what's going on in our mind? It, it's like we're 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 like prescribing this this moniker to it, this idea, this like art artificial as how we would describe like some computer program that may be able to think for itself, but we we don't. I mean, shit, we don't know. Are we actually thinking for ourselves? And then, you know, it goes back to what Descartes said, R Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. So if if I think, me, Dalton, if I think, therefore I am, and if if at any point Jet, uh, Jet Chat, GPT, uh, started getting all philosophical and thinking for itself, it's like, by that same definition... <laughs> you know chat gpt thinks therefore it is and so is that i mean would that is that artificial or is that just like a new form of consciousness you know what i mean like we like to think that we're uh the real deal like flesh and blood like this is the original thing and all this other stuff is artificial but what i mean what if it's all just kind of the same thing like you know, this, like whatever this emerging consciousness is, it's just another version, another form of consciousness. It's not necessarily <clears throat> like organic or artificial or any of that. It's just like, it's just another version of what we think is consciousness. But we, even then, we don't even know what consciousness is. So like, it's like, yeah, you know, who, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Like, I mean, right. And especially like right now, I, 
like the whole concept of like what we think of as AI, like artificial intelligence, chat GPT and all that is kind of a misnomer because it's not, it's not AI. It's just another like complex algorithm that's pulling from like all the information on the internet to create responses to questions and, you know, write resumes for people that are too lazy to write them themselves and do other, like it's, it's not, it's not an autonomous, uh, complex, uh, uh, form of consciousness or anything. It's, it's just, it's just a, another sort of, um, computer program. Fuck dude. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm too stupid. I'm too fucking stupid to understand any of this. I didn't, I was never a good student. I didn't study well. I relied on too much on what was it if dude if I had chat GPT now that like that you know I'd you know I would learn nothing in school because I would just use that but even even when I was in school it was just like I would just use the internet to do most of the work for me and I didn't fucking learn anything like I don't know I don't really know anything my degree is worthless because I like Google and Wikipedia and all these different websites are responsible for like 70 percent of me getting that degree and then the other 30 percent is me just pulling an essay out of my ass the night before it was due so i never i never worked hard and i never i never studied hard and i went for like the easiest major i could get which is english and a lot of fucking good that did me because now i'm like you know i'm four hundred thousand dollars in debt i'm homeless and i'm doing i'm doing dumbass fucking podcasts instead of doing anything worthwhile in this world so you know, don't like, don't waste your time with college, everybody. Just like, uh, you know, go, go learn a trade or I'll ride the rails or or do, do anything other than go waste your time on some fancy fucking big university, especially like with an English degree, because like you go, you get in these English programs and like you go to all the, like all these different writing classes, whether it's like fiction or short story or poetry, nonfiction, and all your professors in those programs are just people who are themselves trying to get something published. And so this is like, for them being a professor is like their day job while they try to get a fucking book published. So they don't like, they, they're not like terribly invested in this professor job. It's something they're doing while they try to achieve like their dream job of being a published author. So, so you're going, you're going into a class with some like, dipshit phd professor who whose actual dream is to get a book published and get you know number one on amazon and get the oprah's book club and go do like book tours and all that but for right now they're just suffering through this like professor gig they have you know i have to do this job that pays me two hundred thousand dollars a year until i can you know get my book published And, and so they're not like terribly invested in actually like they're you know teaching anyone how to write and their their students and all that and also writing and creativity is not really something you can teach anybody like it's 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 an innate talent that people either have or they don't and if you have it you can hone that skill and get better at it through you know just work and practice and and and, you know you know just continuing to do it but if you don't have that already in you you're not going to fucking, you're not going to learn it in any college class. So, it's, you know, you're going to go into these classes 
and some professor is going to assign you like you know write a short write a 10 page short story and and out of a class of like 18 people there might be one person in there who's qualified to actually be writing anything and then everybody else should should be learning to code or should be like going to like welding school or something but you know everybody wants to be an artist they want to wear you know newsies caps or bandanas like david foster wallace did you know get a bandana and write about how much being alive sucks and then get a bunch of and then trick a bunch of women into having sex with you because you're you're so smart and artistic and you have a cool bandana um yeah english was such a fucking stupid goddamn major and i i got nothing to show for any of it <clears throat> And that, and now I gotta, now I gotta, and now I've, I've like fucked up my life so much. I have to reinvent myself as a, as a fucking, I don't know, podcaster, broadcast. Like I don't even know what I'm doing. It's right now. It's October eighth, Sunday, October eighth. It's five thirty nine a.m. I can't. I have not been able to sleep because I'm stupid and I had a midnight coffee. I don't know why I did that. I'm like endlessly exhausted these days i'm just i'm so fucking tired all the time and it's been that way ever since i had my brain accident like you know i went through just months and months of just endless energy feeling like i'm a super saiyan and, and feeling invincible and euphoric and then and then that that ended and now i just exist in like this eternal debilitating exhaustion and I'm, I'm just just feel like I got hit by a fucking truck all hours of the day. And then like every now and then I try to combat that with maybe a cup of coffee or something. And for some reason, I thought it would be a good idea like to have a coffee at midnight. And and I'm such an addict, you know, the way, you know, I, I catch a little a little bit of a buzz from that first cup of Folgers that it's like, well, I'm going to drink the whole fucking pot now. And, and so now, and then I just can't sleep. So I beat off twice. You know, I, I've exhaust, I, I've drained all the cum out of my balls. I got nothing left there. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing left to watch on any of the streaming platforms. I've, I've gone through all the entertainment I like. Um, I can't, fo I can't focus on a book anymore. I, I haven't read a book in like a year and a half. I can't, fo I can't read anymore. I'm too stupid or too fidgety to read nowadays. And so it's like, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll just fire up the fuck the Zoom, the webcam, and, and do a podcast because I drink too much goddamn Folgers, um, which is you know one of the it's it's an okay coffee. It's a, uh, I mean, I guess it's better than what I've been doing, which is um, the crystals, you know, instant coffee, which is usually my go to, are the the dehydrated in, in crystals that in, I like the Nescafe. The Nescafe is the best of the instant coffees. I've I've had the Folgers instant, and that one is really gross. But the Nescafe is decent. It's you know instant coffee is a whole other realm of uh, of coffee. You know the, the the way you judge it is completely different than you would judge regular coffee. Um, and, and so when it comes to instant, I would say the Nescafe is the most uh, tolerable. Um, but none of it's good. It's just quick and easy. You know, you put a cup of water in the microwave for like 40 seconds, stir in uh, as much, as many crystals as you want. You can really make, you, you can make a, a 
a, just a, a diarrhea soup if you want just something you drink it and you have instant diarrhea because it's way too much coffee for one cup and that's usually what i do but i was out of instant so i brewed a pot of uh, a folgers coffee i i drank one cup over ice and then i felt that that little jolt that initial buzz and i said well you know it's time to drink the entire fucking pot and then now I, and then i just couldn't sleep um and, and and so i'm just buzzing and i also i drank it with like a ton of like also a lot of milk and heavy cream so it's it's just ruining my guts i've had i've had two dumps already from that because I also ate a big plate of uh, buffalo wings to go with it. Um, I'm not very, I'm not kind to my innards. I never have been. <clears throat> and I know like, I, they, you know, I guess as you get older, you're supposed to um, be more mindful of what you put in your body. But I like, I'm of the mind that if, I think if you just keep uh, treating your body the way you've always treated it, and just keep going hard in the paint you adapt you know and, and you you essentially just get used to like never taking like never doing anything good for your body and then you know live forever essentially like everyone in my family um it just treats their bodies like dog shit like whether it's alcohol or cigarettes or coffee or just like all the bad things you could do to yourself and like all the men in my family who get to like 60 or 70 they have those like just perpetually red faces from all the drinking and they still drink like night after night like 18 beers a night and they don't die they don't like they don't die they're you know they get into their 60s 70s 80s and spend a good 30 years telling themselves like any day i'm gonna be dead any day now like i hope you guys are ready for when i shuffle off this mortal coil and then it just never happens they just don't die uh and that's that's the way my whole family on my dad's side is at least like i remember my grandmother she passed away when she was 90 and there was a good pr probably like 25 years that my family spent convinced that like she'll be like she'll be gone any day now for just 25 years you know all oh, it's any you know she's not long for this world any day now any day she's she's gonna she's gonna leave this earth and then that just continued for a good 20 to 25 years and, you know as they're moving her from an apartment to an assisted living home and then the assisted living home to a nursing home is you know any day now she'll she'll be dead and then it it just didn't happen for 25 years. And then finally, like when she was 90, she finally died. And everybody was like really sad. And I was like, well, you got, I mean, you guys were writing her death certificate when she was fucking 70. So like, I, you know, it seems, I don't understand like why, like now, oh, it's really sad now. It's like, well, it seems like you guys were ready for her to go like 20 years ago. But, you know, I, yeah, I don't know that's that's my family is, is people who live forever and are miserable every fucking second of it they they live long long lives where they could do awesome things and love one another and be charitable and generous and go on fun trips and and make good memories but they just spend it eternally fucking miserable and, and they don't die 
like no one dies they're just miserable until they're 90 and then they finally die and, it, and it's like for what like why why did you live that long what was the point of living that long if you're going to spend every waking moment of your fucking life absolutely goddamn fucking miserable um and then meanwhile all you know all the people who seem to really love life and get to go do cool and fun things they you know like they drop dead uh, way before anybody wants them to it's fucking sucks henry kissinger just turned a (laughs) hundred you know that guy gets to live to a hundred but we prince dies before he's 70 i just you know it sucks but that's you know that's the way she goes and that's why that's why i don't i don't understand why anybody is particularly interested in longevity because like what's the point of longevity if you're just gonna be fucking miserable the entire time you know, like if you're counting calories and taking all these vitamins and, and like really obsessing over living longer and longer, is like, well, how, I mean, how is that enjoyable? I'd rather fucking smoke two packs of cigarettes a day, go to a Chinese buffet, drink 12 Coca Colas a day, you know, play video games for 12 hours, have a good ass time, and then, you know, check out in my 50s because that, that's more enjoyable than living to a hundred and, and just like obsessing over my health so I can live long for no reason, just for the sake of living a long time to be, to say that I did it. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not too, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not even here for that right now. I haven't, I haven't really had a good time in, in a while. I've been, I've been pretty miserable and I'm also very unhealthy. So I'm getting the worst of, I'm getting the worst of all of it, but you know, hope springs eternal. You know, it's, it's always darkest before the dawn, dawn dish soap, dawn from, uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Remember dawn from Buffy, Michelle Trachtenberg, big Jewish titties, um, it was, uh, I think, in season five. They did this cool thing in season five of Buffy where uh, they introduced the character Dawn, but the way the way she's uh, brought into the episode is as though all the... It's as though she's been a part of the show the entire time. Like, all the characters know her and know, like, who she is, and she has, like, this backstory, this history with every character. And, and so you're like watching the show and there's this new character dawn and you're like who the fuck is this like every all the characters are acting like they know this bitch and and she's i've never seen this character before did i miss something in the four seasons leading up to this and, and uh and so like throughout the season there's just this new character dawn who's buffy's sister that's just always been there that you like we never I, you know, the audience is just now finding out about, but then come to find out uh, later in the season that she was created by the main villain of that season and the villain had implanted all these memories in the characters' minds. And so, you know, that's uh, that's why all the characters knew her and loved her as a family member. And as the audience, we had no fucking clue who she was. And then, but then from that, you know, she was a main character of the show going forward after that. And then I don't know if any, I don't know if anyone actually liked her as far as like the audience went. I don't know if there, there, the reception for Dawn was, was positive, but 
Michelle Trachtenberg was definitely, you know, if you're if you were a boy at that time, like myself, that age, that was a bit, you know, them, them big Jewish tits on that on her was a big deal. Um, and <clears throat> I think I can say this because she's, I think she's older than me. How old is? Let me look that up. How old is Michelle Trachten Trachtenberg? Let's take a look here. Okay. Oh, 37. Old bitch. Old as hell, dude. Okay. Let's see. What does she look like now? She still got it going? She still... No. No, she's not aged well. Not at all. Yeah, she hit the wall. Kind of, it looks like she's probably got a lot of work done in her face. to Some effort to make herself look younger, but now she just looks spooky. She's got that sort of like dead look in her face where it's like you can tell she's old, but she's trying to not be old. It's always a futile, a futile effort. You know, it just, it just kind of make it just kind of highlights how much someone's aging in a weird way where it's, it's like an effort to look younger, but it actually just highlights all the things that are aging and, and just you know makes everyone realize like oh she's aging and she's insecure about it um so yeah that's what oh but she is thick now she put on some weight oh i like that i like that all right well yeah so that's uh always darkest before the dawn <laughs> uh speaking of um What's going so I don't I'm not qualified to speak on geopolitics, but it looks like shit's really popping off in um the the West Bank, Gaza. The pal the pa Palestinians are moving into Israel and and fuck and fucking up some sort some sort of EDM festival. <laughs> Everybody everybody's just on drugs, listening to you know dance music, just getting um getting fucking obliterated by Hamas. Um, yeah, I have no idea what's going on over there. You know, some people say it's a complicated, uh, it's complex. Other people say it's not complex at all. And I, you know, my my I'm of the mind that it's you know, I uh, I don't know what I don't know the history. Um, I didn't even realize that uh israel has has not even all it's not like an ancient place necessarily uh i just found out that the the israel that we know as we know it was founded in 1947 so i thought it was like from the bible like i just thought it was maybe i like i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means when they say that Israel was created in 1947. I don't know what that means because, like, there's, there's, they talk about Israel in the Bible, so it's like it's it's always been there, right? So how is it that the, the country of Israel has only existed since 47? I don't know what that means, but I, I guess like the actual country of Israel as we know it has only existed since 1947 and and so like 
I don't know what's I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know how I don't know how that works. I don't know how it's like okay now now the, this is now Israel and now there's like this other Palestine is another thing, and it's just a bunch of people who all look like each other, squabbling and, and fighting with each other, and, and and that and then and now all the, you know the president and all the the war machine and Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and BlackRock, they're all fucking drooling because this is, you know, I, you know, I guess this is another opportunity to somehow make a bunch of fucking money or do something. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm so far removed from all, like my life is in such a bad place that it's like, Oh, cool. You know, world war three might be happening. Well, that, like, you know, it's like, well, that's not like my life sucks so much. It's not really going to affect my quality of life at all. It's already like my life's already. It's, it's kind of the benefit of, of crashing and burning the way I have, where it's like, okay, well, World War Three is breaking out. Well, this doesn't like like I'm already at the lowest that anyone can be, so this doesn't affect me. Like that, like nothing. No matter how bad things get, it's like it's like well, what what can be taken from me at this point? Like how much worse could my life get? It's like if you drop a fucking bomb directly on top of my head, you're doing me a favor at this point. So you know, have at it. Um, I don't even know what Hamas is. I thought people were just mispronouncing the word hummus, but uh, folks, uh, no, I don't. I don't know what Hamas is. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to read anything. I'm not going to even try and do research on this. I'm going to have, I'm going to have hard and firm opinions uh, based on absolutely nothing. I'm going to, I'm going to take a hard stance on this at some point based on having done zero research and just who I find the most annoying on Twitter. Whoever, whoever I see that to me seems to be the most annoying people i'll have whatever whatever the opposite opinion of them and uh so so like as a based on that as of right now i'm kind of on the side of palestine uh because it's it's like joe biden has tweeted his support of israel so it's like right there you know uh i don't like i don't like him i don't like that I'm I'm very skeptical of the fact that the the presidential Twitter account is already, you know, why I don't I don't know what's going on there. Why is the U.S. siding with Israel? Uh, I shouldn't. I'm not qualified to talk about any of this. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Go to look, folks. <clears throat> you got to go to the experts on this one. All right, uh, like me, like Mia Khalifa or uh, Hotep Jesus or Zero HP Lovecraft. You know the big like Twitter thought leader accounts, Jordan B. Peterson, um, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, it, 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 the whole, the whole season. I've never, yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, one of the, it's the, the, the Israel and Palestine is one of the things that I've been vaguely aware of my entire life that I've never made any effort to learn about. And I think my only, my only knowledge of it comes from uh, the, the movie, you don't mess with the Zohan. That might be the only time I've, I've ever learned anything about what's going on over there. That and um, I don't know the Matrix. Like the 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 underground human city in the Matrix was 
was called Zion. And so when I first learned when I first learned that there's like an actual Zion, I was like, oh, I, I guess I get it now. It's like the the Jews are God's chosen people, and so human. I I don't know, but my first introduction to even the concept of Zion was from the Matrix movies. Uh, so I'm de- I'm definitely not uh like qualified to to really have any thoughts or opinions on this and maybe yeah maybe we'll all learn more about it in the coming days and weeks and once the the u.s starts funneling billions of dollars to support this fucking war we'll, we'll all start reading up on it or listening to different podcasts about this um yeah i don't know uh I, you know, I I know Jewish people who have gone to Israel on birthright. That's a cool, you know, that's a cool thing. You get a free trip to Israel just if you're Jewish. And so that's a fun little way they propagandize people is like, we'll get, hey, we'll let you come to Israel for free so we can teach you about Judaism and how cool being Jewish is and all. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what... <clears throat> I, I you know I don't know what the point of birthright is. It just it, birthright seems like some method of propaganda, maybe. But I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't start getting into any sort of like Jewish conspiracy talk. Uh, that's a, that's a dangerous place to go with in in any conversation, right? Um, you know, conspiracies are fun. I love conspiracies, but once it starts getting into that, once you start like veering into like the jewish territory with conspiracies that's when it's like okay nope i'm not gonna do that we're not getting i'm not doing that because that's i don't i you know that's why i i i do i have a i have one of like one of the first prints like uh one of the first editions of the um william cooper book uh behold a pale horse and i was like really getting into it I was reading it and I was like, this is extremely my shit. Like, I love conspiracies and like wackadoo shit like this. And then the 15th chapter of that book is just the entire protocols of the elders of Zion. Like, he didn't even, he didn't like, he just put it in the book. It's just the entire 15th chapter of this book is the protocols of the elders of Zion. And that's where I was like, well, I'm not, re- I'm done reading this. Like, Okay, I like I didn't know that it was going to this place, um, because that's just lazy conspiracy work to just always go back to this like the Jewish stuff. It's, it's just lazy to me, you know. We like if you're gonna if you're gonna cook up conspiracies and, and have fun, you know, fun conspiracies out there, you, you can't just it's hack, you know, it's hack to always just go back to to the zion shit um there's far more interesting shadowy organizations out there that you could come up with than just like oh the jews because like the all the jewish people i've met have been awesome uh you know except for like landlords i've had but for like for the most part i've thoroughly enjoyed spending time with jewish people uh they're fun um they know where like all the good delis are uh, they have like very strong opinions on pickles, uh, which is you know right up my alley because I I like pickles. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of pickles, um, especially like man, 
a good half sour come on ain't nothing better than a good half sour pickle it's crisp refreshing but still got that little that little uh, twang in there that's good um <clears throat> yeah but yeah shout out to um shout out to the jewish people uh i love i love jewish people please it's, it's, i guess if i'm if i'm trying to have any sort of career in media i love jewish people uh <laughs> i um yeah there's a lot of uh you know what's funny is there's a lot of jewish people down south actually there's jewish people everywhere it's the diaspora it's like after the holocaust they <clears throat> there was like a they made an effort to like spread out so that um in case anyone ever tried to to do that again like round them up there was like a good uh scattering like smattering of jews everywhere so they you know that that couldn't happen again um and so you see a lot of like in texas actually a lot of like uh jewish mexicans even like i i once met a guy whose name was uh irving gonzalez was his name <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't just the nazis that went to argentina it was also a lot of jews that came up in the south america and worked their way up into mexico and down and then up into the united states and i had a spanish teacher once tell us that that was the reason i don't know if this is true or not and i'm not gonna look it up but she said that was the reason there's so much polka influence in tejano music like if you, if you live anywhere in uh in texas um there, there's tons and tons of tejano stations and what i was told like because a big part of tejano music is accordion and like the sort of polka like weird owl <laughs> influence in the music and i was told that that comes from like all the like European uh like Jews who fled uh either like before, during, or after the Holocaust and came up through South America and then into Mexico and then into Texas and all that, that they brought they all brought their accordions with them and brought that into mix that with all the music that uh existed and that's how they created Tejano. Um which is a very, very fun style of music I, I like a good i like a good tejano station uh you don't you don't get that up north no you gotta you gotta be down in texas to hear the tejano the they call that a um what is that called a, a grito a gritas grito i don't know um yeah shit man um but yeah, I miss uh, I miss being a kid. I miss growing up in Texas. That was such a good time. What a fun what a fun place to grow up, Texas. You get to eat all all the bar going to the stockyards as a kid. Oh my god, that's so that's fun, dude. Getting to getting to go to the rodeo and, and smell the horse shit in the air. Um, yeah, that's a good time. And then, you know, I don't know what happens to all of us. Like, everybody who just, it's like, when you're a kid, you know, you 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 don't realize that, like, you know, I, I have youth. I'm a child. This is fun. Like, you're just always anxious and 
you can't wait to grow up. And then when you're grown up, you, you, you're miserable and wish you were a kid again. And, and so like, you're, ne you're never where you actually want to be in life. Like when you're, when you're young, you're fucking like, like suicidal, even like every teenager is miserable and depressed and anxious and suicidal. And then when you're, when you're an adult, you're just like miserable and anxious and depressed and you wish you were that age again, but there's never, there's never like a moment of equilibrium where it's like, oh, I'm, I finally feel okay. It's either, it's either wishing you were, you know, wishing you were there or wishing you were back here. Or, you know, when I was, when I was there, I wish I was here. When I'm here, I wish I was there. You know, like the beginning of apocalypse now. <laughs> that's what, that's what it feels like to, to grow up. It's just like when you're a teenager, you're like, Hey, this fucking sucks. I can't wait to grow up and get out of this. And then when you're an adult, when you're an adult, you're like, man, this fucking sucks. I wish I was a teenager again. And, and you know, and it, and then you, it just none of it ever feels good. It's just always a grind, and you always wish that there was something else happening. But even when the thing, when even when you get the thing you want, that's not good enough, and you just lament the the loss of your youth and, and wish that you could go back to those days and enjoy them with the, the knowledge and, and maturity that you have now, uh, without ever, <clears throat> without ever realizing that you could start doing that. Now you could just start enjoying life and appreciating it now and live the life that you want rather than looking back into the past and wishing you could go back. You could just do that anytime in life but we don't do that you know we never exist here and now it's either looking back or looking forward and hoping things will get better at some point but the here and now fucking sucks it always does and, and maybe that's you know that's life i guess uh <laughs> all right <laughs> Hey gang, hope you enjoyed that episode of Lost in the Maze. Uh, I'm going to try something now. Uh, if you head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash cornfed with Dalton Pruitt, I will be doing a premium solo show that's a, a little bit different than Lost in the Maze. It's called Theseus is the name of the show. Theseus is the premium solo show. And just head on over there to see what's up with that. So it's patreon.com slash cornfed with Dalton Pruitt. That will be where Theseus episode one is going to be. That's the premium solo show. Uh, you can gain access to that and all the premium episodes of cornfed and other stuff for as little as $5 a month. We also have $10 a month, $15 a month. $25 a month gets you access to everything plus the, the corn-fed decal. And then $35 a month gets you access to all of that plus pictures of my feet. But head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash corn-fed with Dalton Pruitt for the premium solo show, Theseus. Thank you. <laughs>
on and left me crying after you gone there's no denying you seem blue you feel sad missing than the never there'll come a time now don't forget it baby there'll come a time when you regret it someday when you grow lonely your heart will break like mine you want me only after you gone oh there's 